we know, two weeks before we started uh, a sermon series called Christmas, the end, the beginning, and the future. Christmas, the end, the beginning, and the future. And we saw Christmas is an end of many old things. We talked about it a couple of two weeks before. Christmas is also the beginning of many new things. Christmas is also the hope for tomorrow. Last week we saw birth of Lord Jesus Christ was the beginning of many new things. We talked about three different things. People on the face of this earth when Jesus was born, they got a new revelation of God coming down in the human form. Secondly, we talked about Jesus showed the way to heaven saying that I'm the way. And there was a new way that was not there earlier. They followed different methodology, different rituals to go to heaven. But Jesus came down and he showed the way for them to go, for us to go to heaven. And thirdly, when we are in Christ, we are a new creation. Can you say new creation? When we are in Christ, we are born in Christ. We are a new creation. So last week we talked about the three new things that began at the birth of Lord Jesus Christ. So today as the final sermon in this series, we are going to talk about Christmas being the hope for tomorrow. Can you say Christmas is the hope for tomorrow? This morning I titled my sermon as Christmas, the hope for tomorrow. Birth of Lord Jesus Christ gave a great hope for mankind. When Jesus was born, people were living in darkness and there was no hope at all. But when Jesus was born, it gave such a great hope for mankind. Because Jesus was not just a human being. He was not just a prophet. He was not just a good person. He was God in humanity. Can you say that with me? God in humanity. So when Jesus came down to this world, hope came down along with him. The world was living in so much of hopelessness. The Christmas song all of us sang, all of us sing, hark the herald, angels sing. Few lines they go this way, it says, born that man no more may die, born to rise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. So birth of Lord Jesus Christ brought so much of hope to mankind. And this morning I want all of us to understand what does it really mean to say that God gave hope through son Jesus. The significant events that are highlighted, if you can just put the next slide, in, in the life of Lord Jesus Christ, there are three important things. Number one, the birth itself. His birth itself. Number two, the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ. Number three is the ascension of Lord Jesus Christ. The birth, can you say with me, birth, the resurrection, and the ascension. You know, these three left so much of hope to mankind. And today, the hope that you have I, and I have on Lord Jesus Christ is because of these three things, his birth, his resurrection, and his ascension. 
Let's talk about it a little bit this morning. Hope at the birth of Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus was born, the world was in total hopelessness. How do we know? Because we know, because prophet Isaiah talks about it. Let's read from prophet Isaiah chapter, uh, Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2. Can you read with me? The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined so prophet Isaiah very clearly says people who those who lived during that time they walked in darkness they were living in darkness darkness represents hopelessness can you think about somebody who is living in dark for hours together days together it certainly represents total hopelessness even at times in our houses, from one true room to the other room, when you want to go and turn on the light. How many of us are scared to do that? Nobody here? You're lying. Sometimes when you send our kids, you know, just go there and get something, you know, they're so afraid because they don't want to. Go and turn on the light. Until they turn on the light, there is darkness everywhere. So darkness is hopelessness. There are many living in darkness. I'm talking about combined physical as well as spiritual darkness. Darkness represents hopelessness. One of the farthest memory of my past was when I was at the age of four or five. By the way, people can recall things as far as two and a half or three. So that's true, what I'm saying. At the age of four or five, I remember, even today, it was, I think it was in 1972. We were traveling in Kerala, where I was born, so in, in that state bus, overnight. And that we were on the journey, my, myself and my dad and my mom. And suddenly, smoke came from the front side of the bus. I mean, it's, not, it's very common in India. Not anymore, maybe in those days. Smoke came from the front, the front side of the bus, I still remember. Then, you know, they're trying to do something, trying to put down the smoke, but then there is no other way. And you know how people behave. They will all jump, jump out through the window, and, you know, whichever opening they can find nearby, you know, they all just went out. And it's only myself, my dad, and then my mom. We were maybe somewhere at the backside. And we were just slowly coming out. You know, I, I, was, I was carried by my dad, obviously, right? Four and five. Four or five. So when we came out, and uh, somehow we, we were saved. And then we came out and we were standing there in the pitch dark, all of us, those who travel in the bus. And they informed, they said that there is another bus which is going to come. It's night, pitch dark, somewhere in the forest, in the middle of the jungle, we were just standing at the side of the road. And we were just looking at the road, thinking that the next bus is going to come. Somebody is going to come. The moment we see a light, we, we, were, we were so sure that that's the bus that's going to come and take us. But then it comes, it may be a bicycle, not bicycle, it may be a bike or an auto rickshaw or whatever, another vehicle, it's not a bus. We waited and waited for hours together until another bus came and took us. The moment you see a light, the light gives us hope. There is something good that is going to come. You know, that's the reason when you want to decorate during Christmas, you want to put so many lights in your house, just go ahead and put lights everywhere. Because light represents hope. Light gives us hope. Light brings hope. Solitary confinement is a practice of putting people in a very closed cell for almost 24 hours, seven days a week, years together. 
Even today, there are thousands of people who are living in solitary confinement in pitch darkness because of the crime that they have committed. Most of these cells, they have very minimum light, no light at all. People who are living in such a darkness, they obviously, they just lost their hope already. They have families. They have people, children, everybody outside, but then there is no hope at all when they will be released out of the darkness. I was just reading many stories of people who are living in this darkness. They, all that they see is a very dim, small neon light somewhere in the room. That's the light they keep, kept on seeing for days after days. There is no more light. Before the birth of Lord Jesus Christ, People were living in pitch darkness. There was spiritual darkness everywhere. No hope of eternity beyond death. As people died, the eternal darkness was just swallowing them into the eternal darkness. There was no hope at all. That was the time Jesus came to this world. That's the reason we say he is the light of the world. There is a reason why he was called as the light of the world. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew again rewrites, reiterates, saying that what prophet Isaiah said, Matthew 4, 16, the people who sat, can you read with me? People who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. How much hope this light would have brought to this world when Jesus came to this world. Obviously, the moment Jesus was born, they saw the star, a symbol of hope. The moment Jesus was born, when the, when, the, when the shepherds were there, they saw angels and light shone around. Symbol of hope. You know, this morning you and I are not hopeless. At times when we go through difficulties and pains and troubles in our lives, we behave as if we are hopeless. And this morning I want to tell you that we are not hopeless. We have hope in Christ. How much hope Jesus brought to this world. John, when he writes in John chapter 1, verses 6 to 9, he talks about the light that came down from heaven. Can you read with me? There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Verse 7, this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. Verse 8, he was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of the light and then it says in verse 9, that was the true light which gives light to every man coming into this world. What is this light that Bible John is talking about? That is hope. That is hope. This morning my plain simple question is, do you have hope? Do you have hope? God wants us to have hope. You know, there are, there are so much is going on. That day we were talking about, we both were discussing about what is happening today in churches. Hundreds and thousands, they gathered together on a Sunday morning for a show, for a motion, for an emotion, and it's gone. There is no discipline, there is no teaching, there is no follow-up, there is no walk with the Lord. You know, this morning, for you and me, what is important is having the hope in the Lord and disciplining our lives and having a disciplined life going ahead of us, walking, moving forward towards us. I was just reading through one of the comments that came for one of my sermons. It was commented by a Jewish rabbi. I'm not sure whether it's a rabbi, he's, but the way it, he wrote it is like, he talks so much about Christianity. And he says, you say so many things about, you say that you are living under grace, but 
Look at the churches. Look at your people, what they do. How they abuse grace. We, a couple of weeks before, we talked about grace. Grace is not cheap. We had a sermon, right? So how much abuse is going on in, in Christianity? A Jewish man who's well-disciplined. You know, we, we, all, we all appreciate them. We all admire them for their practice of religion. Even though they don't see the light yet, they have not seen the light yet. But they are so strict in everything that they do. So punctual, so disciplined. You know, today God expects that in our lives. If we will lose discipline, we, know we won't get our children back into church anymore. We need to be disciplined. And you know, we don't like when we discipline, when we are disciplined. God wants us to have a disciplined life. God wants us to have hope in, in Him. If you take 1,000 people, we don't know whether when 10 Christians, 10 believers, out of 1,000 believers, do they really trust God? The statistic says in the United States, the churches, around 40% they hope for eternity. What a tragedy it is. Born again believers who follow the word of God, who come to church every Sunday morning and go through all the emotions in the church, 40% only they believe in eternity. You know, this morning it is very important that we need to be children of the word of God. You know, next year we are going to start Bible study and I want you to come for Bible study. Even if we have 10 people in the church on Sunday morning, we need to bring people to heaven. That's the only objective. We don't want to put a show. We don't want to attract people. We don't want many people coming and going through the emotions. We want to follow Christ. We want to follow Christ. You know, it's very easy to lose that, lose that salt and light in our lives. Because we feel that there is something that is attractive on the other side. And we tend to go with the flow. But what God is asking you from you and, you and me, can you have hope in God? Birth of Lord Jesus brought so much of hope to mankind. And this morning, I want you to grab that. I don't know how to teach that to you. But I want you to grab that hope. I want you to have that. Number two, hope at the resurrection of Christ. Because Jesus has risen... We have hope in him. You know, this is the foundation of Christianity. The moment we lose hope in the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ and, are you with me this morning? And the bodily resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ and the bodily resurrection of church. The moment we lose hope, we lose our trust, our focus in eternity. We no more believe in eternity. This morning, I want you to know, I want you to read the scripture. When you read the scripture, only scripture can speak. I can't speak. Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14. Can you read with me? And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. If Christ is not risen, our teaching and our faith, our hope, that the hope that we have in God is empty. And thank God Christ has risen. So resurrection of Christ brings hope to mankind. Number one, we saw Christ's birth is the only hope that there is light in darkness. Secondly, Christ's resurrection is the only hope that we will rise again. Can you read with me? Christ's resurrection is the only hope that we will rise again. Romans chapter 8 verse 11, Bible says, but can you read with me? But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. When our mortal body dies, the same spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead will raise our mortal body into an eternal body. This is the foundation. This is the trust and hope that we have. 
We can never lose that. Billy Graham, Dr. Billy Graham once said, for the believer, there is hope beyond the grave because Jesus Christ has opened the door to heaven for us by his death and his resurrection. You know, this is the foundation of Christianity. This is the hope that we hold on. This is the only thing that helps us to follow God. When we come to a moment in our lives, there is nothing is useful, nothing is helping, nothing is happening in my life. Why am I following God? This is the only hope that helps you to follow God. Because he has risen, our life is not going to end on the face of this earth. We have hope for eternity. Resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ is the hope of eternity. You remember it was Joseph who supplied his tomb for Lord Jesus Christ, for his body to be kept. Well, the story goes like this. It may be just a story. It seems like you know, someone really pulled Joseph aside one day, just after giving the tomb to Jesus. And he said, Joseph, that was a stupid decision that you made. Giving your tomb to somebody to be buried, that was a stupid decision. Of giving, giving such a beautiful, costly, hand-hewn tomb to somebody to get buried in your tomb. That was a stupid decision. Why on earth did you ever give that tomb to someone to be buried? You know what Joseph said? Joseph said, why not? He only needs it for the weekend. He only needs it for the weekend. Thank God Christ has risen. Christ has risen today. The resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ gives us hope of eternity. And I want you to think about this life. You know, it's very easy to go on and on and talk about resurrection and hope of resurrection. But I want you to think about this way. If we consider this life is given only for this reason, when you consider the pain that we go through, the sorrow that we go through in this life, and the inequality and discriminations that are practiced among people today, and the sufferings of this life, I believe this life is not worth living if this life is all about living on this earth. I want you to think about today all the effort that we take to build our family all the struggles to coming from our nation to another nation and trying to get settled. If you're doing all these things, you know, just for the sake of your family, just to bring up your family, help your children to come up in their lives. And when we do all these things, you know, if our life ends, I don't think it's worth living. It's worth a life on the face of this earth. If the life ends only on this earth. Consider the sufferings that missionaries go through. Consider the sufferings, the church that is being persecuted today, how much pain and sorrow and agony they are going through. Their lives are at stake at times. When you consider all these things, if the life ends just on this earth, I don't think worth living this life only on the face of this earth. But we want to thank God because resurrection gives us hope beyond grave. This morning, a simple thing I want to tell you is just believe in the life that is about to come after grave. You know, that's the reason we say, as Paul says, when we go and bury somebody in the grave, and we say that, you know, now we are burying this body, and this body is going to rise again. We do that with that hope. And Paul says, he says, you know, do not just mourn, do, do not just cry, do not just, you know, keep your life, you know, in depressed state forever because you lost somebody in your life. 
You are behaving like people who do not have hope. You know, I have seen believers of God mourning over their loss months and years together. They lost their father or mother or spouse or somebody. Mourning, I agree that, you know, we are human beings. We still need to hold on. We, need, we still carry those in our lives. But Paul is making a very clear difference between those who mourn and those who do not have hope. And he says, do not just behave like those who do not have hope in God. You have hope that they will come again back to life one day. This morning, that's the hope of resurrection that we are talking about. Finally, hope at the ascension of Christ. Can you say ascension? Acts chapter 1 verse 9, that's the time Jesus was caught up into the heaven. After resurrection, he was there, there 40 days, he was around, and he was caught up into the heaven when the time came. And we read that instance that is very well captured in Acts chapter 1 verses 9 to 11. Can we read together? Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Verse 10. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel who said, and what did they say? Who said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gaze up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. We are talking about the third reason, the hope of ascension we receive hope because of the ascension of lord jesus christ he was not just roaming around he was not just being here on this face of the earth appearing to people here and there he was very predictive he was very precise over that is what is about to come in his life christ's ascension is the only hope that jesus will come back can you say it with me christ's ascension is the only hope that jesus will come back <coughs> in john chapter 14 as he was talking about his death and the resurrection and going away this is what jesus told to his disciples and he said let not your heart be troubled you believe in god believe also in me can you read with me again what he said in my father's house many mansions read read I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. You know, he was very predictive, very precise in his words. I'm going ahead. And if I have a, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And then I will come again and I receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. You know, ascension of Lord Jesus Christ gives us an assurance that he will come back. He will come back to take us home. The important thing that is today, it's lost is the resurrection. Hope of resurrection is lost in the churches. The hope of the second coming of the Lord is lost in churches. And God wants us to hold on to those truths. They are foundational doctrines. They are principal doctrines of a church. God wants us to hold on to those truths. This morning, before we close, I want to talk about the mark that Jesus left on us. The mark that Jesus left on us, that when he comes back, he will identify us with that mark and take us into the eternal home. Bible talks about that mark that Jesus has put on your forehead. And that mark, what is that mark? Holy Spirit, 
Bible says we are sealed by Holy Spirit. Seal is given for two reasons. One is to protect, another one is to identify. One is to protect, another one is to identify. Seal is used to mark somebody who is identified. In our nation, in those days, I'm not sure about now, now in India, for example, when we finish voting, they put a mark there. Do they do that now? I don't know. They put a mark, ink mark in your forefinger. No, what is it? Index finger. Right? So they put a mark there and that, that cannot go away easily. What does it mean? It means you won't cast a false ballot again. You won't just go for voting twice, right? Sometimes you do that, right? You don't do it. <laughs> so, 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 so that mark identifies that somebody has already voted. So God is saying, I'm putting a mark on your forehead. I'm putting a seal on you so that I, when I come back to this world, I will identify there is somebody here, somebody here in HAPM, somebody here in another church, somebody here in downtown, somebody here in this place, that place. You know, if you see the Google map with all these, you know, red, red colored bubbles coming up, God is going to identify us, not with the Google map, but God is going to identify us with the mark that he has put on our lives, the mark of the Holy Spirit, the seal of the Holy Spirit. We are talking about Jesus, the hope that we have, because Jesus ascended into heaven, that says that he's going to come back to this world Seal is used to identify and to protect. Shall we read a couple of scriptures? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Can you read with me? In him you also, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Can you read? I'll read for you. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. There are three things Paul is talking about. You trusted in God. You heard the word of truth and the gospel of your salvation. You believed in him and you received the seal of the Holy Spirit. If you get that scripture ever. Verse 13, Ephesians chapter 1. Can you just get into your phone or uh, Bible? If you, oh, it's there already. Can you read that with me? In him you also trusted in God after you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you did all these things, you trusted in him, you heard the word of truth, you listened to the gospel of salvation, and you believed in God. You are sealed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Seal or identification is used to identify who belongs to God, who do not belongs to God, belong to God. You know, this morning what is needed is the identification of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Identification is very, very important. You and I need to be identified in a specific way, in a special way. Something that we leave for memory. I don't know whether you or you do that. <clears throat> I used to do that, and I, I'm, I'm peculiar in different ways. So I used, when I, during again by taking back to my childhood days, I was living in a place with my parents, you know, and then I couldn't study, continue my study there, so I had to go to my grandparents for studies. Once a year, I come to my parents. They were in the estates. Once in a year, when I come to my house, I really love that bungalow where we stayed. When I leave, every year, without fail, I leave some identification marks. As a child, I don't know whether you think of, you do that. I, some of you may be doing it. 
I leave a small piece of paper in a particular place in that house. I leave a small pin in a particular place in that house. Small ball in a particular place in that house. And I remember those things. And after a year when I come back, I just want to go back and see whether they are still there. I take that and touch that and feel, felt that. I just remember that one year before I touched that. Okay, we may not do all these things. That's okay. It's crazy, maybe. Some mark that we leave it somewhere here and there in our lives. And we remember those marks. And God is saying this morning, I have put a mark in your forehead. Holy Spirit. And I have marked you and identified you. And I'm going to come back to this world. And I'm going to take you to heaven with me. And that's the reason Paul writes very strongly, very strictly he's saying in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. Can we read that scripture if you have? Ephesians 4 30. Can you read with me? And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You were sealed and protected until the day of redemption. When is the day of redemption? When Christ comes back to this world. When you will get away with your sorrow. When you will get away with your pain. When you get away with your disappointment and struggles. Someone who is on the bed, deathbed. Who is about to finish his run or her run on the face of this earth. And we look at the way that they, they suffered and struggled in their lives. We look at them, then they, we, we don't pray that they will come back alive. We say, this, say that, God, take them soon without much difficulty, without much pain. Why? We want to make sure they get into a place where there's no more pain. There's no more sorrow. God is saying, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You know, today at times we are afraid, at times we are worried, at times we feel that we don't have protection at all. This morning God is saying, wherever we go, God is saying, he will be with you because you are identified, you are sealed, you are protected. Shall we all arise this morning as we pray and close? I want you to believe this. God is telling you this morning, he is with you. He'll protect you wherever you go. No matter what you go through in your life, what are the challenges that you may face, He has identified you. All that you need is the mark of the Holy Spirit. This morning, do we have that mark of the Holy Spirit put on our forehead? Christ's birth is the only hope that there is light in darkness. Christ's resurrection is the only hope that we will also rise with him again. Christ's ascension is the only hope that Jesus will come back one day and take you and me home. This morning, God wants you to believe. God wants you not to lose your hope in Christ. God wants you to put your trust in him. Because you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit. When you trusted God, when you listened to the word of God, when you received his salvation and when you believed in him, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. This morning, don't ever forget that you are sealed and protected by the Holy Spirit. Shall we all just pray this morning, God, I want that seal to be applied in my life, O oh God.